Okay, here we are now. And today we are discussing, we are settling once and for all. In fact, we're going to put a stop to the gender debate. And this is a conversation that has been going on really since the born since the birth of humanity, since the dawn of time, really. And I'd like to settle it. I'd like it to be one of those things that we can just tick off our list and say, yep, it's good, it's done, it's dusted, we're comfortable, we're clear, we know what we need to do, we can sidestep any problems, we can sidestep any tangles, we can untangle tangles, And it's very, very simple. It's very peaceful. It's very calming when you reach this place. This is the point I want us to get to. Now, of course, there are a lot of triggering things. There are a lot of pullings at beliefs and values when we talk about gender, when we talk about the sexes. And we'll get to why that is in just a minute. But I really want to stress that this is so simple. It is not difficult. It is not hard to understand. It's crystal clear. And when you reach that clarity, when you see it, if you can understand this, then you can sidestep so many problems. You can sidestep so many arguments and confusion and psychological neuroses and belief tangles. So, there's a few key terms in this gender conversation, the gender debate. And these terms are sort of these fashionable sort of things that come and go, and they've had different labels for the same thing over the years. But we'll talk about it from our current times, because it's simple enough that way. And one of these terms is, well, what is non-binary? And when we talk about gender, we say, well, gender is binary, right? We have boys and girls. We have masculine and feminine. And that's binary, right? On and off. Zeros and ones. And somehow, in some way, We've got this thing of, well, now we have non-binary. I'm gender fluid. Or I'm something other than just those two things. And for me, this is so funny. This is just laughable. Because I actually actually started to type in non-binary to my search. And one of the suggestions that came up was... As a question, what is non-binary thinking? That was one of the suggestions. And I just, that was the moment where I laughed. That was one of the moments where it just made all sense to me. Because because saying, asking the question, what is non-binary thinking? Is like asking, what is non-historical thinking? What is non-rational thinking? What is non-academic thinking? What is non-spectrum thinking? 
What is non-psychological thinking? <laughs> Do I make myself clear? Can I get the point across with just those examples of what it is to be defined by a not? <laughs> what is non-a priori thinking? What is non-open thinking? What is non-closed-minded thinking? <laughs> and I could go on all day, right? Because binary thinking is just one tiny mechanism of thought that sits within an entire pantheon of ways of thinking. So I hope that settles that. I hope that clears that. And of course, what you want is multi-dimensional thinking, which includes the ability to think in binary and the ability to not think in binary. That's that one. Done and dusted. No more needs to be said about it. <laughs> now, here's another one which comes up, which is gender fluid, gender fluidity, right? When someone's gender fluid, they are someone who might be a boy, might be a girl, changes as a percentage of certain amounts and at different times has a amount at other times and difference and it's always up and down and it's a bit confusing and I don't know which one it is today and it might be different on Wednesday. <laughs> now here's the thing. We all have within us varying degrees of the things that we are. And that goes for everything, not just gender. And of course, this means that we have within us a woman and a man. A masculine and a feminine. A boy and a girl. Now, those things within us express themselves in different ways across all levels. Now, when we talk about biology, we're talking about the physical expression. Okay, so you are physically male or female, depending on your genitals and your bodily parts. Now, emotionally, you might be something else. Spiritually, you might be something else. And psychologically, you might be something else. And then, of course, also behaviorally. Perhaps that is a bit more down to earth. You might be behaving more or less as a woman or a man. Now, when we get to dissecting, well, actually, you're both a man and a woman, that might be too much for you to take. It might be too much for you to realize. But really, it's not. Really, it actually extends to all levels in all ways, and that's something you have to contend with. Let me give you a few examples. So, not only are you both 
a woman and a man, but you are also a animal and a human. At certain times, you are a dirty, dirty animal. And it's quite disgusting. And it's all, in fact, of the qualities and values that we would loosely ascribe as animalistic. And of course, at other times, you are human. You are all too human. And you have many, if not all, of the characteristics that we could loosely ascribe as humanistic. Now, here's another pair for you. You are a human, and you are also a god. You have your humanity, and you have your divine nature. There are things that you do that can that you can do which are divine. Believe it or not, you can actually think divine thoughts. You can feel divine feelings. You can act in divine ways, in superhuman ways. And all the rest of it. Now, of course, it might be that you haven't grown into that. It might be that you're not consciously aware of that. You might not see it as, well, I'm an animal and a human and a god or a divine being of some sort, an angel, if you like, or a devil, right? We can, we can add another variable to it, right? You can say, well, you are the devil and you are an angel. You have both of those within you. You have a dark side. You have an evil impulse. And you also have the good impulse. You have the drive to do good, to be benevolent, to be giving, to be compassionate, to be understanding, to be loving, to be open. Now, some people would say, well, that's, that's just another version of the human and the divine, or the animal and the divine. And the human is stuck in the middle. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But of course, it goes even further than this, because you can say, well... You are also both a thing and not a thing. You are both alive and not alive. You exist and you also don't exist. And of course, there are varying degrees within all those, right? Are you, are you alive right now? Well, how do you know? What is it that is aliveness to you? And if you really look at it, if you really reflect on your life, you'll be able to say, yes, that was a moment when I was really alive. Oh, my God. My God, I felt alive. And it's funny that you say that this, this phrase, oh, my God, comes to mind, right? Like, oh, my God. Like being alive is some, somehow related to the divine. And there are, I'm sure, times when you've just said, man, I am dead. I am out of it. I have got nothing today. Nothing is happening for me today. And that's a difference that you have to contend with. And one, one day you will die 
You'll face your mortality physically. Your physical body will die. And you'll have to face it. You'll have to face it spiritually, psychologically, emotionally, interpersonally. And all the rest of it. And of course, some people make that into a philosophy of life. They make understanding this difference between being alive and existing and not being alive and not existing as the, the, the core foundational practice of, of the, very, the very fabric of reality, the very dream that we're in. Now, when you're dealing with those sorts of things, when you're thinking on that sort of level, a question of whether you are more masculine or more feminine is sort of a passing question, right? It's something that you work on and you answer and it's like, well, okay, I can answer it. I can work on it. I can figure it out and I can see what it means to me and it's clear to me but I got bigger fish to fry, right? You can see that. You can see how like contending with your own mortality is is like just going to dwarf any idea of oh my my sexuality or my identity as a man or a woman or my femininity and my masculinity. Now that's not to downplay it. That's not no, that's not to say that you shouldn't have that clear. And of course, many people have a very difficult struggle to come to that point where they're comfortable with their sexuality and their identity as a man or a woman. That's a journey. That's a journey for all of us in many ways. And further still, those journeys are connected. To be questioning your sexuality, to be questioning questioning your identity is to be coming closer to the question of your own existence. It's to be realizing more the fact of your non-existence. Now, some people do live in that space of non-existence while they're actually alive. In so many ways, it, it goes full circle. When you realize you don't exist, you become truly alive. And people who live like that have no problem in seeing that they are both a man and a woman. They have degrees of both and different expressions of both within them. So I think that's pretty much a slam dunk for the gender debate. I think that's really all we need to say. I mean, the only other little skewer that we can put all through this is identity, right? And this sort of gets at it, this sort of ties in all that we're saying about this, which is what do you identify as? And broadly speaking, we either identify very strongly for something, as something, or we identify as something in a way that is smaller than the larger experience we have of existence, of reality. And the difference would be, well, okay, I am a woman. I've had to fight very hard to express that. 
This is who I truly am. This is me. And that's a very hard, strong identity. And any sort of infliction on that, any, any encroaching upon that is going to hurt. It's going to have a sort of ego hit and a belief system hit to it. There's going to be a sort of rippling. There's going to be a, a clash of values. And that would be the, the holding strong to an identity. But the opposite of that, or the, the bigger picture of that, would be, well, yes, I'm a woman, but, you know, if you say I'm something else and you start calling me names, then, well, that's your problem. And I'm also other things. And I know that the definition of a woman is somewhat arbitrary and sort of caught up in the cultural times and is subject to change. And I'm okay with it changing because... I'm also psychologically fluid. I'm not just gender fluid. I'm psychologically fluid. I'm also emotionally fluid. I'm also experientially fluid. I'm also fluid in my locations. I'm fluid in my perceptions. I'm fluid in the way that I'm motivating myself and working towards things. Because every situation is different and I'm opening myself more to the uniqueness of each moment. So, yeah, sure, I can be gender fluid, but I can also be fluid in so many other ways. And that's how, that's how it's like. That's what it's like to sort of hold an identity in a lesser sort of strength or lesser, less of a clenching sort of way. So that's probably all we need to say about it i think it's really not that hard it's really not that complicated and we can go into a sort of structure of why the identity or the ego develops in the way that it does and we could look at a system like a developmental psychology system as to how the ego develops and what stages it goes through but really you just need to know well are you identifying strongly with something or are you identifying openly with something and of course the reason that there's so much drama and conflict around this is because people cling to their beliefs they cling they struggle to uphold this image of themselves, this idea of themselves. And of course, it does come to violence. It does come to a clash. And this is just the clashing of beliefs. It's psychological memes. It's, it's cultural waves crashing into each other. And if you see it, if you know what's going on, it's so easy just to, sti- just to sit back and say, you know, it's not worth the problem. It's not worth the trouble. Now, there is one more thing I should say, which is that we have this thing of the institutions. Now, that's, of course, where this gets very messy, because institutions are entities unto themselves with their own power. And basically, individuals get sucked up into institutions. And it's not really for me to comment on that. I mean, this is where we say, okay, someone who knows about 
the structure of institutions and how it's related to the culture of our times can fight the good fight. And they can say, okay, they're going to wade in there and they're going to fight the good fight. And they're actually going to have that war for us because they can see the damage and the violence of the clashing of value spheres. And I believe those people, well, they mean good. They mean well. They're compassionate people and all the best to them. But that's not our fight. That's not our job. Very few people have that job. Very few people need to do that. For us, for you and me, we really need to be focusing on, well, what does it mean to be alive? What does it mean to to not exist? What do we do with the fact that one day we are not going to be here anymore? What do we do with the fact that sometimes we feel more alive than other times? That is a fact, right? That, that is irrefutable. And if you look at yourself, if you think about it, if you even have a, 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 an ounce of self-knowledge, you can verify that for yourself. Sometimes you feel more alive than other times. And in fact, maybe that should be the last nail in this coffin that I can put on the, the gender debate. And this is what I'll leave you with. This is the question. This is the question that settles all questions. It's the question of what you should do, what you should think, how you should behave, how you should feel, who you should relate to, what you should believe, all of it. The question is, what makes you feel more alive? And that can be something you can ponder. So, thanks very much. Please share your favorite episode with a friend, as always. My name is Dosta, and don't forget, I've got online courses, so there will be some links in the description if you'd like to check out those. There's a diverse range of courses that I'm offering at the moment, so check that out, have a browse, and thanks very much for tuning in. We will be back very soon with more, and that's all I have to say for now.